0: On round two today, Richard Krause, host of the podcast Last Call with Richard Krause, Robert Benzi, Queens Park bureau chief for the Toronto Star, Sunira Chaudhry is here, employment lawyer at Workley Law, and uh, Richard just referencing the story we were talking about with Patty Lovett Reed. There's always going to be a pretty heavy nostalgia factor when it comes to a toy manufacturer, and Hasbro specializes in Dungeons and Dragons, Play-Doh, <laughs> and then some board game I've never heard of, probably because I'm not 15 years old anymore. Yeah. I mean, Hasbro is one of those names uh, that
1: to me always just evokes these memories of uh, Christmas and being a kid because it was front and center on every board game that I had when I was a kid. So it's a shame to see that they're having problems, but people have moved away from You know, tangible things like that into playing video games, and kids don't
0: play and and have recreation in the same way that we did when we were kids. Yeah, it does uh, surprise me that almost everything we grew up with employed randomness as the device at the heart of it. There was like, you know, uh, don't break the ice and uh, Kerplunk (laughs) and all these other stupid games. And and how dangerous some
1: of these things were! (laughs) I saw an ad uh, up on my Facebook feed the other day, and it was a retro ad for a real thing where you had this little oven that you could bake little rubber bugs in. You got a metal uh, mold, you poured goop in it and you baked it and they came out really hot. And I had one of those things and it got taken away from me because I scalded myself with it. I burned myself with it, but it was for kids, you know, six
0: to 10 years old. So danger wasn't as much of a factor back then, I don't think. All right. Listen, uh, enough nostalgia for the moment. Speaking of scalding, the progressive conservatives at the provincial level have come out with a Bonnie Crombie commercial and uh, throw it in, Mike Catherwood, and we'll play it for the guys. This will be one last free play for um, the client, but this is their attack ad on Bonnie Crombie. Here we go. So get this. The Ontario Liberals elected Bonnie Crombie as their new leader. Bonnie who? Who? I just sent you a profile. Her first act as leader, asking donors for a million bucks for her salary. That's excessive. She's a big carbon tax supporter. Oh, yeah. Check out her record as mayor. Oh, get out of here. She even increased taxes in this economy. Yeah, higher taxes, carbon taxes. She sounds expensive. (sighs) Bonnie Crombie and the Ontario Liberals. They just don't get it. That'll cost you. A message from the Ontario PC Party. <laughs> Robert Benzie, I'll start with you. You are the Queen's Park Bureau Chief. Um, you know, I, I think about the fact that there is not an election until 2026, and I sort of think it's a little early to be blowing money on trying to undo Bonnie Crombie.
2: Well, I mean, the Tories have a lot of money to spend. I mean, they've, they're very good at fundraising, and... And uh, which is uh, kind of ironic, given that the, the, the thing they attack Crombie for is fundraising and that. I mean, she's raising wants to raise a million dollars by the end of this year uh, for lots of reasons, not just for her salary, because, of course, she's not an MPP. So she won't get paid um, as, a, as an MPP. I think it's 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 smart of the Tories to try to define her. They had a terrible first week. She was elected. You know, sort of a week and a half ago, and their first week, they spent stumbling from crisis to crisis. Uh, and all, and given that Crombie lives rent-free in Doug Ford's head, I think that's probably what they're trying to do and try to try to take her down a few notches. They, the problem with that ad, aside from the factual thing on the fundraising, is this Bonnie who. Abacus Abacus Data did a survey for us and 70% of Ontarians know who she is. She has really, really high name recognition, higher than anyone in the government except for Premier Doug Ford. So I'm not really sure about the whole premise, but I think it's smart for them to try to define her. This isn't a very good ad, but they'll have many more, I'm sure.
0: Yeah, Sunira, it's uh, one of the principles in uh, politics is try to define your opponent. With Michael Ignatieff, he didn't come back for you, worked. For Justin Trudeau, he's not ready, worked for a while, and then he uh, cleaned their clocks.
3: Yeah, you know, John, but I think on this one, I agree with Benzie. I, I don't think Bonnie Crombie is is uh, a stranger at all to politics. I mean, uh, she's running a huge economy in the city of Mississauga. And uh, I think when it comes to taxes, I mean, I would be careful. I think the Doug Ford government should be careful in, in, in really attacking her on, on her position on taxes. When um, I think the Ford government has made several promises that it hasn't been able to deliver on, where Crombie seems to have come out during her campaign saying she thinks some of the decisions uh, that the previous liberal, liberal governments have made were too costly. So I think she's come out on a reasonable platform. And there are a lot of, I, I think, uh, opportunities for her, especially when it comes to reducing uh, taxes. I think the Ford government promised to reduce taxes for um Uh, middle-income folks by 20% hasn't delivered on that yet. She has a lot of sort of low-hanging fruit here. So I think the Ford government's got to be careful.
0: Richard Kroos, I always enjoy a political commercial because they're just so (laughs) self-serving and craven. Well, in this one, the exasperation
1: level has just turned up to 11, you know. <laughs> <laughs> they're so grunty and, and just you can feel the eye rolls uh, as you listen to it on the radio. And I mean, I think it's a bit early uh, for this kind of thing. Just as a listener, uh, someone that listens to a great deal of radio, uh, if I have to be hearing these attack ads, you know, between now and the election, they're just going to become white noise to me and I'm not going to pay attention to them particularly. So I don't know how effective this one will really be, just off the top. Everyone knows, I mean, I think the people that care, the people that are going to listen to this station, know who Bonnie Crombie is already. And I I don't think an ad like this
0: has a great deal of impact. Well, I, for one, would encourage the Conservative Party to continue their major <laughs> ad buys here on Toronto's most listened-to talk station. Uh, let's move on to a Matt Elliott uh, column in The Star today, and it's about contracts the city made with snow removal companies. There were penalties for botched operations, and now the penalties have been slashed. And so, and and not only that, but retroactively. Sunir, I'll start with you on this. It always drives me crazy. We come up with penalties because it sounds tough, and then a company fails us, and we cancel the penalty.
3: Yeah, I, I mean, on, on this one, poor service. Nobody um, can say, I think, a, a, a really good thing about snow removal last year. And what's crazy about the story, John, is that not only are uh, these snow contractors going to have um, better financial terms during a contract this year, but it's going to be retroactive uh, to last year, too. So it's a huge uh, sort of holiday bonus, as as this author rightly points out in his column, but um, I I think when we're dealing with private uh, contracts in the city, there's got to be some skilled negotiating. The city has come back and said they bungled this deal. They said that when it came to this $200 a minute penalty that they were imposing on snow contractors, turns out that nobody caught it. And it was rolled out, and now they have to fix it. You know, years into this contract, who is negotiating these private contracts on behalf of the city? Whoever it is, well, it's time to move over and get a skilled negotiator in the door.
0: Richard Krause. Another problem would be that they put out a request for excuse me request for offers, and almost no company actually can comply with it because they they just don't have the goods.
1: Don't have the goods and don't want to pay excessive penalties for every minute that their plow resulting truck is late leaving the depot. Uh, you know, this is the kind of thing that um, kind of uh, makes me nuts uh, when we uh, finally do make a deal. When we finally take a stand, uh, particularly after a year like last year, when the snow removal was not great in the city, and if you uh, lived, I lived downtown, and I can tell you it was not great where I live. Uh, that you know. It looked like perhaps we had uh, something that would finally benefit the city and say, uh, it's going to cost you an excessive amount of money if you're late. So just be on time, get the job done. And then we take it back and we we roll it back uh, retroactively.
0: Uh, this just doesn't make sense to me at all. And Robert Benzie, I think a lot of us have sort of forgotten how awful the snow removal was last year.
2: Yeah, Richard's right. I mean, I, I live in Trinity Bellwoods. So it's pretty bad over here too. <laughs> it's it's. Uh, I mean, it, it, the thing about the city is, and, and is right. This is, was a poorly negotiated uh, contract. But the city has only a few things that it really should be focused on: picking up the garbage, keeping the streets and parks clean and safe, and plowing our roads. And this is uh, this is uh, a problem. And I think uh, I, I hope that the new mayor can get back to basics a little bit and, and refocus. Uh, the city on delivering what 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 property taxpayers and what residents feel are, is important to them, not, you know, this, this sort of social engineering that sometimes city council seems to go down a, a rabbit hole in, in, into.
0: Let me stick with you for a second, Robert Benzi. What do you make of the Jays making good? Uh, there was a glitch in the system and a whole bunch of fans found out about it through social media and they bought tickets in the 500 zone for a baseball game next July for, I think it's $2.30 and the Jays have decided fine you can keep the tickets we'll honor them
2: well good for the Jays i think that's a that's a good public relations move on their part the new 500 level is is terrific uh, the seats are, are much nicer there than they used to be we're going to have new seats on the 100 level now we're not going to have otani to watch unfortunately uh, yeah. but at least uh at least the Jays are kind of after a, after a very uh, disheartening I guess weekend with uh, with not getting Otani and he's gone to the Dodgers. I think that that it was a good this was a good public relations move on their part.
0: Yeah, and it is arguable actually. Now that we're not spending a billion dollars on Otani, there's a little money in the bank to refund a few cheap tickets for Jays <laughs> fans, Richard.
1: Uh, no, absolutely. This is the only way to go here. If you want to build up a brand and and uh, appear to be supporting the fans that have been supporting you, when something like this happens, it was a mistake. Some people took advantage of it, but it is certainly not going to uh, harm the financials of the Blue Jays in any way to sell tickets, uh, even mistakenly, for $2.30 for one game. So absolutely, they did the right thing. Had they decided to cancel them or say to uh, the fans, well, if you just give us another 50 bucks, you can keep the tickets. That would have been a big black mark. This is the way to go.
0: Okay. Sunira, one last story, and I'll let you go first, is Alexa, sexist. And I find this, maybe I'm the only guy, to be a fascinating think piece at the University of Waterloo, where they suggest that uh, the device is used like some sort of helpmate, and it's very it's been fem- deliberately feminized as well.
3: Oh, I think that's for sure, John. But I mean, uh, look, I think Alexa, you can ask her what the time is. You can ask her to add something to your calendar and your grocery list. And she answers you kindly. You ask any other woman in the whole wide world, and they'd say, do it yourself. So Alexa's not sexist, she's just otherworldly.
0: Okay, well, Robert Benzie, (laughs) I guess we're back to that peeling the orange challenge.
2: The the peeling the orange challenge for Alexa?
0: Yeah, well, uh, maybe we we talked about this, maybe you weren't listening at the time. But the idea was, ask your partner to peel you an orange, and that will be the definition of your relationship. (laughs)
2: <laughs> well, that's a good one. I guess it's better than peeling an onion. I suppose. Um, <laughs> I, I I don't know. I, I I don't think Alexa is sexist. I don't think Siri is Siri is sexist either. I, I think these are interesting tools. Um, it is. I guess interesting that it's a it's a woman's voice instead of a, ma- a male voice I don't know if you could switch that it,
1: it, it doesn't have to be our yeah. uh, Alexa sounds like David Niven and I think it
0: adds a little <laughs> bit of class around the joint over here so. <laughs> thank you all good to have you Robert Benzi, Sunira Chaudhry and Richard Krauss Catch the Roundtable, round one at 7.45, round two at 8.45. Weekday mornings on more in the morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.